Good morning, Steve. Welcome to the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group and uh, our live broadcast for Friday conversation with Sean and Steve. That's right. Here we are. Again. <laughs> Again. Trying to trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, if nothing else, we can talk. That's right. We can talk. Yeah. Well, we already had a, a long conversation sometime during the week. Yeah, Wednesday, I think it was. Yeah. Wednesday for about two and a half hours or something. Yeah. 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 Well, I called you up perturbed about that thing I got from I've uh, been getting from several pastor friends of mine that just say, you know, do not give up your giving right now because the church really needs your money. And I'm going, holy cow, guys. I mean, nothing like putting people that are already in distress you know, under, yeah. under compulsion to give. Duress. <laughs> yeah. 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 Give unto God. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just not, um, like, like Paul said in, in Philippians, he says, I don't, I don't want this for my own sake. I don't want your giving for me. He yeah. says, but so that it may uh, provide fruit for your account. I mean, right. that's the whole reason that you, you give. He says, I, I work to have for myself and those guys who are with me. Right. I mean, he, was, he was already making a living for himself and the guys he took with him. He, he said, right. I'm not coming here to get anything from you. I want to give to you. I want to I impart to you some spiritual gift. I want to give to you something. I want to invest in yeah. you. Right. And, you know, not, not sit here and take from you. And, and just, it's a whole different attitude that we have now. I'm going to try to get as many people. If I say something wrong, I'm going to offend somebody. They'll leave and take their tithe with them. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's. Well, it's politicians now, you know, right. it's not leadership. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's, that, true. that's, you know, that's one of the things that I began to, you know, when I sat down and looked at this, in England when I was sitting for eight years and just going through this process of, <laughs> of like, what is leadership and what isn't leadership? You know, uh, yeah. it was just like, this is a mess. And, and what we've got is politics rather than, or politicians rather than leaders. Right. You, you know, cause politicians are always working to, um, for their campaign. They're always looking to stay in the right light um, keep afloat, you know, do the, you know, have the diplomacy so they get accepted properly. Leaders don't care. Leaders turn things upside down. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't get in the boat. They break the boat, build a new one and float it, you know? So it's just <laughs> like leaders don't, leaders, and I don't say they don't care. That's not really what it is, but then they view, um, approval ratings very lightly you right. know they don't they, it's not an issue to them because and that's where the whole thing about the the chinese proverb and i hear some christian leaders use it is that uh he who um leads and with nobody following is just on a journey he's not a leader mm. and you know and i began to ask that question because then i began to look at the whole ambition of working to get followers. Right. And there's always, there's always a something behind it. And that brings us to another point that I want to bring up, but um, is that we, you know, we're working to fill seats so that we can have a bigger crowd. And my question always was why, why would Jesus be happy with 12? In fact, when, one of the scriptures that really, really impacted me tremendously 10, 20 years ago was when a huge multitude, it says an innumerable multitude came to Jesus. Now, I, when I looked at that, I thought, now that would be any pastor's dream. I mean, you yeah. know, an innumerable right. company, you know, right, it's right. just like, you can't even count them. Your church is so big, you know, it's just like, <laughs> this is amazing. I mean, right there, you know, most guys would go bring in Jerusalem news, man, turn on the TVs, you boys, you staffers, uh, you staffers, yeah. um, get this thing organized, make sure that I can be heard. Sound guys, get your act together. Musicians, make sure you are you know, top, top in excellence. 
Um, just make sure everything's organized properly because I am going to bring the message of the hour right now. This, this is the moment we've been waiting for. If you read it, I think it's Luke 12. It says, when they arrived, Jesus turned to his disciples and said, and right there was a alteration, a mind shift, a paradigm um, <laughs> uh, revolution for me right there because of right. the, that's where his focus was. His focus was not on the staffers. His focus was on those he was mentoring, those he was discipling, those right. he was raising up to carry the message. He knew the crowd couldn't carry the message. It had to be the 12. Right, right. And he took the three places he didn't take the 12. Well, yeah. So there, were, there was even a closer circle that he was working with uh, rather than just the 12, too. So, exactly. um, you know, there's a... There's a it's not, it's not like we've got to decide that. It's something that's, that the Spirit of the Lord decides somehow in the midst of all this happening because there's a certain draw that certain ones have yeah. that uh, almost it begs for that impartation of something different on a different level. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, in fact... The fact is, you, you, you come to John chapter 20 or 21, and we have the crisis of redemption. Uh, Jesus has been to the cross. He's resurrected from the dead. John, I mean, Peter said, I'm going fishing. It wasn't like, okay, I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm going to go sit by the lake and catch a few fish now. Right. He said, I'm go fishing was his career. It was right. his business. And so what he declared was, I'm going back to my business. I'm going back to my occupation. Forget all of this. Because now he had, he thought he had failed Jesus. Um, right. You know, the church has always preached he had failed. I don't believe that. But he thought he had failed Jesus in that sense. Um, he felt like the whole campaign had failed. And, and so, you know, I'm going back. John, who was this, one of the second of the three, says, me too. And, and so That's true. Yeah. right here we've got a crisis taking place that they all went back to fishing. They caught right. nothing all night. And then, of course, they see this guy standing by the beach. John says to Peter, it's the Lord. Peter jumps off the boat, swims over to the ocean, sits down, and Jesus got a whole breakfast laid out for them. You know, a Galilean uh, supreme is right there in front of them. And, and they're all sitting around the fireplace with him. And, uh, and now comes the, the crunch of it. Right there, Jesus could have said, Peter, you know what? You failed. <laughs> you know, yeah, Peter, right, you, right. you were the one, you know, but he doesn't because Peter is the one that's going, is the, is the lead voice in that crowd. And so Jesus looks at him, leans really up close to him and says, Peter, do you love me? He doesn't say that to all, any of the others. Right. He, he addresses that one. And so I, I looked at that and I saw, you know, Jesus, there was, there was the one, there was the three, there was the 12. Right. And like you say, it's that measure, you know, it's that the measure that you measure will be measured to you again. I don't, Jesus would walk past people and say, hey, follow me. But he never, ever negotiated it. He never, ever no. tried to sell it. He never tried to appeal to them. He just said, follow me and left. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. so you, you're absolutely right. They, I mean, today, I don't know about you, but I'm in the same way, it's like I reach out, I will, I will bless somebody, I will share something. But the, how much they measure the following is the, the, the measure that they can get, you know? Yeah, I notice sometimes, too, it's for a season or a time. Um, yeah. Because some guys will, will <clears throat> I, I, I kind of liken it to drawing from a well. And uh, just like Christ said to the, uh, the lady, the Samaritan lady, she says, well, you know, I, I, I'm going to draw from this well, but the well is too deep. And Christ says, well, you know, who you're talking to right now, you know, you could talk to me and I can give you wellsprings of living water. But the, the issue there is the, 
is the fact that there's a well that's so deep and there's a well inside of you. There's a well inside of me. Uh, out of your belly shall flow a river of living waters. There's a wellspring of life in there. Um, if I don't draw upon that well, if I don't, if I don't call you periodically and draw upon the well that's in you, there is no real relationship anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's platonic at that point. Right, because I'm not, I'm not uh, drawing on the essence of the Spirit of Christ in you. I'm not drawing on what gives you life. I'm not drawing the life out of you. I'm not drawing life. Yeah. And uh, there's several different relationships I have that uh, I call them suckers of life. You know, all they do is, is I, I'm tired after I'm done <laughs> talking with them. Uh, Christ said the last Adam was a life-giving spirit. If I'm going to be around somebody, I, I need to be a life-giving spirit. Not that I have to be. It's just it's naturally going to be that way if the relationship is proper. Yeah. But otherwise, there's going to be this. They're gonna they're gonna suck on you till you're dry, and it's not that I mind, you know, because I know that they they're needy at that point. But yeah, yeah. it that only lasts for so long. If there's yeah. not a koinonia or fellowship or that give and take, that um, mutual contribution is one of the other words for koinonia or communication. Right. It's a right. mutual contribution. Yes. yes. So. Um, if you don't have that same essence of life, it's like two bones coming together at the joint is where all the marrow and life is produced. Right. The, the, the bone only grows toward the joint. Mm. Uh, the body's only as strong as that which every joint supplieth. Not, not the you know, type of joint, yeah. but, the, but the, you know, the two bones coming together. It isn't as strong as, as you are or as strong as I am as a bone. It's as strong as what happens when the two of us come together. Yes. Yeah. So, and that's what supplies to the body. Right. That joint, that life that happens between the two bones. <laughs> uh, that's why I enjoy doing this uh, on a podcast or something else, uh, as opposed to just hearing one person talk or, or just sitting down and talking myself because yeah there's so much more of a, a lively interact. You can feel the marrow. You can feel that life or what it will. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully other people can feel the life, you know, not just us two old guys bonking heads here, you know, just trying to figure out what to talk about. But, um, uh, that's why there's so much of a dynamic whenever you come together, there's a, there's a, a drawing of life and there's a giving of life that should, that should be happening anyway. Yeah. So. And that's, I, you know, I, I went to, um, I went with a, an elder from England. We went to Malawi, um, 2016. And, uh, and I said to the, because typically in Africa is like a leadership conference is everybody get in a room and listen to preaching, you know, and it's right. like the same thing. So we did some of that because people came to hear teaching and, and whatever. So we taught on, on leadership, et cetera. But to start, kick it off, I said to, I said to um, uh, the guy that, that I'm connected with there, and I said, hey, let's get 12 guys in a room. You know, just sit down. And he, they found it hard to conceive of that. But they've got 12 guys in the room, and I just sit there and I said, okay, tell me. What's, you know, but now because they're not used to it, they weren't freely communicating. And you know? so I ask questions and I just say, okay, what is, what is your vision? Right. What is, what is your real vision? You know? And, and so what happened was out of that came one young guy from Zambia and he was saying, well, this is my vision. I said, okay, take me deeper. What else? And, and I said, who's it for? And why is that important to you? And so I began, and he, he walked out of the afterwards and he came to me and he said, I've never had anybody ever, you know, question that, you know, to that point and clarify it so much for me because he said, normally we just hear you've got to have a vision and these are your four steps to a vision. But right. nobody's ever sat with me and pushed me through to thinking deeper about what it is that I want to see, you know? Right. And and, uh, and he said, I've never experienced anything like this where we just sit in a in a circle uh, and just talk, you know. Right. And and I, I feel this like I think 
personally, I mean, I, it doesn't tell us clearly, but um, I just think of a couple of occasions, like Jesus saying to his disciples, let's go get aside from the crowds, you know, and they sat around a fire. I'm sure Jesus didn't say, okay, turn with me in your manuals to <laughs> chapter 10, verse 1, you know, or, or item yeah. 3 in your manual. It just, he didn't do it. It's just like, yeah. it would be a life discussion. Paul. It took him three months to work on the Sermon on the Mount. He was up there practicing for, for three months, just trying to lay all that out and taking the notes and everything else. You should have seen the pile of notes that he had when really? he went to the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did they buy the tapes afterwards? <laughs> no, but, you know, you're right. that we, we get to a point where we're trying to, we're trying so hard to platform our gift and our, quote, anointing or whatever, so that we're still that guy that's being seen, as yeah. opposed to bringing bringing out of the uh, counsel is bound up in the heart of man, but a man of understanding will draw it from him. If I'm truly a, a, a son of God, I don't care necessarily what, what I'm, I'm here for you for, I mean, I, yeah. you know, what you can do for me, let's put it that way. I came not to be served or ministered unto, but to minister. So I yeah. came that you might have life in that more abundantly. So I find out what it is like you did with that young man, you know, what is it in you? Just like we did the other day, you know, you were talking about some, not a formula, but the, uh, what you do at meetings. Uh, what was that thing? Uh, there was a four step program uh, for, for change. Yeah. Yeah. For change. Yeah. 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 Uh, and what was that again? So yeah. it's dissatisfaction, vision, and plan. So D times V times P equals C, which is change. So you can't oh. have change without a clear dissatisfaction, clear vision, and clear plan. Yeah. And most of the time, we just are stuck at the dissatisfaction, and yes. we don't know what to do with it. Right. And a lot of times, we get a vision but and you can have a vision all you want but without that plan there is no change exactly and so just to be able to bounce that off of one another wednesday you know what yeah. what is your plan yeah i mean you have the vision we have the vi what's the next step not some big elaborate plan what's the next step for crying out loud yeah exactly just at least fall toward that direction i mean yeah. you know <laughs> yeah, move <laughs> yeah yeah do something just move yeah Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So at least we can get that part done and help draw that out of, you know, each other and, and other people that are around yeah. us just to help them get to that next point as opposed to. Just and that's, that, that became like nearly a philosophy of ministry, if I may, uh, in a sense, is that there's, there's a, a place for teaching um, and there's a place for communing. It's like a two-legged, you know, a two-legged process that you that you have. So there is time to equip with teaching, and there's a time to equip with communion. But equipping should be the focus. Jesus did both, but his focus, he knew, and that's good leadership. Good leadership, great leadership, exceptional leadership, true leadership is about preparing the next generation. Jesus knew that he was going to leave. His, his exit strategy was set. So he knew he was going to leave, and he knew he had to prepare the next generation to carry the message. They were the ones right. that would carry out the mission, the gospel of the kingdom. And, right. and so he took those three years to He knew the crowd wouldn't do it. He knew that the religion, religion wouldn't do it. The religious guys wouldn't do it. So he picked himself. Well, he didn't even pick them. They picked him in a sense. Right, right. But he, I mean, he did, but they had already picked him. Because, right. so, so he just like separated them for, for an intensity of transformational input into their life where he could mentor them to the point that, okay, now you go. In right. the same way that I went, you go and do what I've done with you. You keep doing, which is make disciples 
teaching them to observe what's their life com commanded you. Right. Do you suppose there's a, and I'm just asking this question. I, I think I know the answer, but I, I probably don't. Um, the time frame, because there was a certain time set on his, on his, not his goal, but his, um, not his vision either, because his vision was eternal. Uh, what was the next step after vision? Um, plan. Not process. Huh, plan. plan. Okay, the same thing as a goal. Okay, if you don't have a time limit on that plan, if you don't have a clock set, if I have all eternity to do that plan, I, I'm going to take it's all not urgency. It. No. It's not urgency. No. It's, that's... That's the thing. Good leadership. Okay, you know what I try and do is make the make it practical. So so simply and practical. And uh, is that because we can we have religionized the the whole gospel so much that right. we become this woo woo thing that we don't have any practical principles that we implement. So um, the the principle is good leadership has an entry strategy but they never enter without an exit strategy. There's always a process of exit strategy and building succession into their leadership. So right. they're always working for the next generation. Politicians don't. Politicians work for the next campaign, for the next election, but leaders work for the next generation. So, the, so leaders begin to invest in others to raise them up. They're always working themselves out of a job. They're empowering. So I talk about three E's. One is um, engage, equip, and empower. That's the process we need to have. We've got to engage the next generation, which you see Jesus does. He gets in the boat with Peter. And that, he engages the guy that's going to be the most influential. He, he knew that. He, Jesus knew that. He knew he was going to be the most influential. Um, so he gets in his boat and he impacts that whole industry, fishing industry, right there. I mean, three, four businesses all in one, you know, in one area. He impacts with one boat visit, but he engages them. And when, right. once he's engaged them, now he spends three years equipping and then towards the latter years, he starts empowering them. He says, okay, you guys go now into every town and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, preach the kingdom of God is here. Right. You know, and so he started empowering them until, of course, we got Matthew 28, where he goes, now authority has been given to me. You go in that authority, dominion authority of the kingdom of God, make disciples, teach them whatsoever I've come on it now empowers them and leaves. <laughs> so, so don't you, don't you figure that that's the difference between having a business and a, just a job? Because uh, my, my, Connie, my wife, she tells me that all the time. She says, what are you going to do? Go out and buy yourself another job or, or are you just creating another job for yourself? You know, a business is something where it continues whether you're there or not it continues to supply or make money or whatever. It's not, you don't have to be there 24 seven, you right. know, 365. Right. So uh, a business is supposed to be something that uh, like he said, like Christ said, occupy till I come, mm. you know, I'm, I'm going away for a time. You guys occupy till I come. The word occupy there simply means to continue in a business that's already going. Trade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's already established. It's already going. It's already completed. Now all you're doing is just continuing that. And it's not It's not necessarily a military. We've always looked at that as a military thing, but it's a very practical continuing the business that's already begun. It's a business, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not military. It's a. It's business. Right. And with, it's, with political backing. I mean, obviously, we've got the right. kingdom of heaven backing and right. the, the the talents, etc., that they've got is is from the kingdom of God. So right, uh, so it it's a representation, but it is business. Right, and that's the, that's the thing we get kind of locked up in is the fact that I I a lot of times have always done something that has been uh, in my life has been 
around my gift and my ability to be able to my artistry. Okay. Mm -hmm. Landscape design and construction. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what I have been doing for the last 30 years, but it has to do with more my artistry, my design, my whatever. And so I have to be there. Mm -hmm. I have to figure out where every plant goes. You know, I've got to turn them. So uh, every plant has a face. Mm -hmm. Every rock has a face. And you have to make sure that the rock or the uh, plant or the design or whatever it is, is being seen from the different areas that you want it to be seen from. So whenever somebody's approaching that house or approaching a different area of the landscape, they need to see it, see the plant and see that rock from that particular point. So, you know, I always figured that I was kind of the end all of that, <laughs> but actually to train up, my son is, is one right now that's able to do that. Uh, but, uh, he, it, it's not, it's not a big deal, but I mean, he has other things in his life that he wants to do. And, um, but I never took the time to really train up anybody else to actually fulfill that business to where I could, I could basically go off to Jamaica or something and they could continue running it. And then I can come back and just integrate right back into it again if I needed to. So, but it never was something that I could just leave with somebody. So uh, I've thought about that a lot as far as even the kingdom of God, you know, occupy till I come. How do they even know how to occupy? Yeah. How do they know how to continue this business going? How do they know how to, and, um, you know, to equip this next generation or equip this person even next to me, teach them how to, um, how to do the same things that I've done, <laughs> you know, uh, how did I, how did I stand so that my son, uh, even though he was born with no hip joints or whatever, what, what took place in me that I was then able to stand and pray over him, take off the brace and everything and then have him re-x-rayed and, and, you know, now he's perfectly fine. And that was 30 some years ago, well, almost 40 years ago now. So, you know, what, what process was that in me? Well, I can speed up that process in somebody else by helping them along. They don't have to go through 40 years. Well, that's, that's the thing is that's where, where mentoring is so powerful. And I, I use the word simply because I discovered in the, the word disciple, making the, the word or the term making disciples is the word matateo. And matateo means a disciple and a, a mentor par excellence. Hmm. So in other words, a competent, confident uh, individual is able to impart right. a whole new worldview. Right. So not just vocational skills. It's just right. No, it's, no. It's like a, it's a, a lifestyle. Whole, yes, it's a whole, a whole different paradigm that you're able to impart to them through values, through um, through your, uh, your so through your belief system, through your value system. You're able not, and it's not obviously yours. It's it's the kings right. that we're imparting, right. and so but that we're able to impart to them to the point that their lives are transformed. Right. And now, you're saying a key word there, uh, impart, because I can teach somebody something, yes. but to teach, no man can go above his teacher. Yes, exactly. You're not going to go beyond what you know then. Yeah. But if I impart something to you, that means the spirit of life behind it. It means the whole the whole thing, not just a set of principles. It's the spirit of life that carries you through it. Now I've imparted something to you that will continue to grow and you're going to double, you're going to double whatever it is I did automatically. So, so that's what I was going to say. It's, oh, it's a powerful, no, 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 it's good. It's, it's a powerful principle because it's even Stephen Covey said, he said in his, in his book, principle leadership, he said that the, the best way for a person to experience a paradigm shift is to have a role change. Mm. And, the, and the best way to have that role change actually determined in their life is through a mentor. So that's why fathers raising their children is so vitally important. 
Right. And that's why mentors or making disciples, you see, these are the, these are the principles of the kingdom that revolutionized my whole ministry in, in right. a sense. But of course, it's not a popular thing. You know, they want to hear you preach. You know, right. can you right. preach? But it's not, can you commune? Uh, that, right, it, right. That there's is, a big difference. Ah, and so, but now coming to what you were saying, I, 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 I copied this this morning, and I thought it was really powerful. What you're talking about is jobs and work. Right. Work is your, your artistry, your, your natural inclination of what you can do. It's what you've been gifted with to fulfill an assignment in the earth. So now... Never confuse your work with your job. Hmm. That's important. Your job is what you were trained to do. Your work is what you were born to do. Wow. Your job is your career. Your work is your life assignment. Your job is your skill. Your work is your gift. You can retire from your job, but you can never retire from your work. Jobs prepare you for your work. Hmm. So the job is nearly like your platform to do your work. Mm. So we, and when we understand that, it doesn't matter whether you're the mailman or you're the uh, manufacturer in a clothing place or if you're a landscaper or you are a life coach or an electrician um, or a pastor, um, Ed, it doesn't matter where you are. Your God inserted you into that situation, or what is your exit strategy? And are people empowered right. to carry it? Occupy the work till I come. Occupy till I, are yeah. they are they empowered to continue to do the right. work? Look at the incredible work Jesus did. Right. Incredible work in three years. He's able to impart a worldview into 12 guys, lost one of them. One of them went into a crisis. But, you know, one guy, the, the political activist, he went and hung himself. But 11 guys, one goes into crisis. Well, in fact, all of them, all 11 were in a crisis. Jesus is able to appeal to the, to the relationship he has with them passionately. We... That's the thing is we read John chapter 21 or I think it's 20 or 21. It's like Jesus said, do you love me, Peter? <laughs> Eat my yeah. sheep. You know, we, we read it so Johnny religiously. But me, I look at this and I said, they're sitting around a fire. Jesus is intimately connected with these, engaged these guys and he worked with them and discipled them over, over months and years. Right, right. He gets ready into Peter's face, knowing that they are all connected here in relationship. The dynamic of this group around a breakfast, supreme uh, Galilean breakfast is like, this is it, you know. And he gets really close into Peter's face and said, do you love me? Agape. Peter sits back. Well, you know I phileo you. Right. You know, you know, I, you know, I like you and I'm a friend, but Jesus is appealing to that something he put inside of him. Right. He, brought up. he could now, but the powerful thing about it is as we get to that point, Jesus goes, I'm going to leave now. What, 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 what? This is the strategy. You don't understand. This is yeah. the father's strategy. I've got to leave now. This has been my strategy for the last three and a half years. Time. Yeah. What did he tell them in John chapter 14? He said, I'm going to go to the Father. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you've got a place. Because we think it's going to heaven. It wasn't. It means into sonship. But um, I, I've, I've got making a place for you. And he goes, well, where, where are you going? How are we going to get there? Well, I'm showing you. Yes. Yeah. I am the Father. You know, not I am the Father, but I'm reflecting the Father to you. If you've seen me, you've seen right. the Father, you've seen the nature. So what he was doing is giving them that impartation, leaves, and 11 guys transformed the God. Right. We are the result of 11 guys from one leader, the greatest right. leader that's ever walked upon the face of the earth. So they can't right. tell me that leadership is not important in the Bible. Right. 
or in, in the world or in church or you know, in the kingdom. Well, it says unless a seed fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. And that's what Christ did was he, he laid down everything that he was and had and everything else so that these guys could live, so that they could come to that place of understanding life. So to, to even leave that with them saying, this is how you do it. You lay down your life so others can live, so others can come into the fullness and stature of who they're supposed to be in God or in the kingdom of God. These guys are sons of God. Lay down your life for them. Yeah. Uh, not, don't try to wow. And I guess that's the thing I keep coming back to is, is the same thing that was told me. You know, this is my bride. Why do you keep trying to impress her? Mm. my bride, (laughs) you know, know, why are you trying to impress her? Why are you trying to make money off of her? Why are you trying to, you're trying to use her. Yeah. Yeah. Use her. Yeah. And produce things with her. Yeah. This is my bride. Yeah. You're trying to have children with my wife, man. Right. Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. So, um, and that I I was told that me, you know, so I, you know, it's a very strong thing to me as far as realizing that I'm a eunuch. It says there are some men that were made eunuchs, um, you know, when they were born, some people were made eunuchs by men and some people made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of God's sake. But a eunuch is somebody who cannot produce after himself. The only reason that the king put the eunuch in charge of the the bride or over the business or over anything because he couldn't he couldn't have his own inheritance or his own prodigy to be able to give them something so he wasn't ever thinking of himself he only thought of the king that's right and so he was thinking procreatively right right so i'm going to i'm going to equip this queen or this lady to come into his presence because I know how he thinks. I know what he wants. I know what he desires. And here, let me prepare you for him because that's who you belong to. That's right. That's who you're a part of. Exactly. Second Corinthians 11 in verse one is and two, Paul says this, I hope you will put up with a little of my foolishness but you're already doing that. I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. The promised you to is to woo. I wooed you. I I, um, uh, encouraged you. (laughs) I drew you. I, I presented to you him. Right, right, to one husband, to him. One husband to Christ, so that I may present you as a pure virgin to him. How, I wonder how many men, and women for that matter nowadays, is like how many have actually are presenting an unpure virgin. Right. Or impure virgin. Simply right. because they've already defiled it. Right. Through, yeah, through, through what, and and you see the thing is, Steve, it, this is not about this is not about, and I, I I like to separate it from the religious, churchy thinking that we have, and let's get practical to the principles of what we do and how we do it. It's 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 the way. I love what one guy he taught. He said, "There's the, the will, the work, and the way." And we've got to stay with the three. Is like we've got to find what is the pattern of God's will. What you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not as we get to heaven, but as it is in heaven, let right. it be on earth. So first, we've got the will. We've got to find the will, the pattern, the blueprint, the way God and Jesus does it. How does He represent His Father? Secondly, the work is the cross. The work is. Um, getting it done, but we've also got to do it the way he wants right. it done. So it's the blueprint, the will of God. What is the heart of God in it? What is the work that's done? Jesus did it, um, you know, but then there's the way we've got to do it. We've got to know the way, how we 
implement the principles of the kingdom of God. Right. And it says that Christ himself said, I'm the way, the truth, and then the life. That's right. The, the, the thing that I've always seen is God doesn't put these things in the scripture by accident. Not, I mean, especially not in a form like that to where this is the progression that I'm talking about here. If Christ says he's the way first, he's the way first. <laughs> you know, he's not the truth first. He's not the life first. There's a way that seemeth right unto man and the end thereof is death. Right. But there's, there is the way which is Christ. Now, when you start doing the way or start, start with him in the way, it, it leads unto all truth. Yes. And you begin to have the spirit of truth, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ, as it says in Revelation. And then finally, because you're now walking in that way and the truth of it, you have the life of that, the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. And that's the part we want people to get to is not just the principles, not just this is the way walk ye in it, but now come to the truth of it that, that uh, makes you free, <laughs> makes you a free man that you're able now to fulfill it by the Spirit of God, and it brings you into the very life of it. Now it becomes a life. It becomes a lifestyle. It becomes a way that you just, it becomes, a, the way becomes the life. Right. And now, um, uh, like it says, the word, uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It, it's finally become you, yes. and now you're living it. Yeah, exactly. So it's not just a principle that we have to think about to perform. It's yeah. it that way becomes your life. Well, and that's the thing is you see principles. I I, I just did now. I did um, two episodes on the Leadership Boost podcast on um, leadership centered uh, uh, principle centered leadership. So I I spoke sort of very overview kind of thing, but. A rooted leader, a grounded leader, a focused leader is principle centered on centered on correct principles. Right. But he doesn't just he doesn't just um, he doesn't just know the principles. He knows them, understands them, applies them, makes them part of him. So that right. it doesn't matter what turbulence, what crisis goes on. You see, you look right now is the most stable leaders right now are not threatened. They are focused on getting a job done. That's what I love about our president. You know, he's a businessman. He's not a politician. He's not playing the games. He's like, he's not an orator. He's not a political activist. He's not a, you know, he's not trying to impress anybody. He's like, let's get the job done. Let's save lives and save the economy. We've got to find the balance. We've got to, right. we've got to yeah. find what... You know, and if that's not working, let's adjust ourselves and let's find out what is. That's what good business leadership is. Right. And, and well, that's what good leadership is. Yeah. While others are putting together, how can we blame you more? How can we find, you know, more fault with you so we look better? This is unprincipled, weak, um, you know, weak, insecure leadership. Not leaders. Sick. No. People, sick people. I, I'm sorry, I don't, you know, I don't know the people personally. But I'm just saying, in in their leadership, they're sick, dysfunctional, because people that think like that are threatened. They are right. constantly in. They they view competition as enemy, not as a learning source. They can't, you know. This is Jesus. The only people he really went for is uh, uh, religious leaders who were political. Right, right. That's the one. The rest, he adapted to the situation, knew where he could trust them, where he couldn't. But we need, and just what you were saying is, we need that focus at center on principles, correct principles, because everybody's got values, but not, but not all. You know, Hitler had values. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's he, had, true. he had a value system. You know, right. non-negotiable. I mean, he was going to enforce it. He got people to help him enforce it. So those were his values. But his values weren't aligned with the correct principles. Right. So when I went to one guy one day in church, I said, you know, when I read the Bible now, I read it looking for the principles that I can apply in my life and live out regardless of what goes on around me. 
I'm not trying to find knowledge anymore. I'm trying right. to find the truths you make, all the laws. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, uh, the imp imp imposing laws. I'm talking about the laws to live by, the way. Right, right, right. And so, you know, and say, well, you got upset with me. It's, it's truth. You know, I so said, I understand that it is truth, but it, truth that we don't apply and live and make as part of our, as a focus in our life, it doesn't work. We've got too many of those that hear and don't do. You know, I'd rather... Deceiving I, them all, deceiving themselves. Deceiving themselves. And listen, there's no worse person than a person that's, no worse deception than self-deception. Right. <laughs> you right. know, when you deceive yourself, you're right. Yeah. Oh, man. And, you know, we've, we've experienced that, seen that, you know, it's just like <laughs> people that think, you know, they got, they got all the knowledge, all the revelation, but they're self-deceived. And right. so nobody can, can get through that barrier of self-deception. I wonder if you're going to deceive others. I've always wondered this about Satan. He must have had to deceive himself first. Yeah. Because otherwise he wouldn't have been able to pull off, you know, all of that deception because he, he probably truly believes that he's going to try to be like, I'm going to be like the most high. I mean, he must believe that. Absolutely. Otherwise he wouldn't, he wouldn't have continued this long. Um, I've got a, I've got a, um, somebody I know who, who truly believes that he fought with Satan himself for two and a half weeks. <laughs> And one, <laughs> thereby fulfilling what Jesus Christ could not fulfill on the cross. That Jesus couldn't fulfill that. No, he didn't on the cross. He went to hell and did it. Yeah, yeah. So, so now you have somebody who who truly believes that not only are they one of the two witnesses, but they believe that they, you know, there is no salvation except through them as well. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay. And, so they've trumped uh, Mother Mary now already. Oh, oh, help us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, but you, you think about, you think about how close we could be to that, just that little deception to that little bit of being deceived ourselves to where I could be so far off in a matter of a few years. In fact, this same guy had a vision uh, several years ago where there were two ships, and uh, by the time they got into the horizon, they were so far apart, but he was uh, joined himself to this certain um, ministry and fellowship and stuff. And, and uh, so, but it says that by the time they got out in the horizon, they were so far apart. Well, he had already hopped on this other ship and started going that direction. Uh, now I'm beginning to wonder, you know, which one was in the wrong, <laughs> you know, which, which one was truly deceived and which one had gotten off course. Yeah. Uh, probably both of them yeah. at that point, yeah. uh, because both of them were like captains on their own ship. So, you know, there's a problem with that to begin with. I, you know, I'd just soon be on board with somebody else at, you know, Christ at the helm. But anyway, Jesus take the wheel, you know, that type of thing. But um, anyway, the, those type of things, if I don't have somebody like, like a Sean, like Sean, I don't have you in my life. If I didn't have that, if I didn't have some other brothers that say, Steve, I think you're going a little bit off here. Uh, in fact, you don't even have to say that. You start bringing up the way of Christ. You start bringing up the truth. The will, the work, and the way. Yeah. yeah. And you start bringing up the will of God to me. It, it straightens me out immediately because then I go, okay, that whatever it is I'm doing right now or saying or whatever it is doesn't line up with that. Mm. So I better, you know, line back up again with that because exactly. there's a principle there's a principle in life where if I'm out there doing something, I'm going to reproduce after that likeness and image. If I give you Christ, it'll reproduce after his likeness and image. If I give you a real mingled seed, <laughs> it's going to reproduce after me, and I'm not going to like what I see in the very end of that. Exactly right. I'm just I take it you're looking up something. I'm looking up something, yeah. Um <clears throat> Something I quoted yesterday. 
um, in the in the podcast. Um, oh, yeah. So when you center your life, your ministry, your leadership on correct principles, you become balanced, right? All organized, anchored, and rooted, right? So you have a foundation then for all what you do. So all your way is established in your relationships, your decisions, your activities, your functions, whatever. So you have this, this is the important thing. You move from what I can, just what I can accomplish, what I need to do, you know, is my, my, my do and my, what they see. You said something earlier and I thought, you know, that's so true. People work so hard at trying to prove they are a prophet or to be right. seen as a prophet. You know, they don't. And that's what I was, I said to somebody is like, forget trying to prove you are a gift. Just do it. Yeah, just do get you down, are. Put some people around you and just function. Right. Just function. Stop trying to be something. Yeah. Just, just you who are. you are in life. Yeah. You either are or you're not. That's right. just the bottom line of it. But he got, and so it, it, this becomes, so when you, when you take the, 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 God, the, the kingdom principles of leadership that Jesus taught and lived, and you make that as the foundation of everything, you have a sense of stewardship about everything in your life. Right. And so now, including your time, your talents, your money, your possessions, your relationship, your family, and even your physical health. So we recognize the need to use these things for good purposes and as a steward to be accountable for the use. And I think that's where the, what you're talking about is accountability. Right. See, as in, when we understand, I, I'm not even into really doing time management and money management and, and uh, you know, is possessions right and how much possessions is right and wrong and whatever else. Well, you I, don't got none. It doesn't I, matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, but, and yeah, and I've got too much time to manage it. So. <laughs> but, but, but the thing that I, I noticed, Steve, is that if, if we've got the right principles in our life, those things all align. Right. So, right. I deal with a, a leader comes to me and he goes, I, I want to learn how to work with my time better. So, well, let's work with your principles. What principles are you living? What, how, where's your alignment in your leadership? Are you aligned with true purpose for your life? Do you have a clear assignment, a clear vision, clear values, a clear distinction of your work, of your gifting? Do you understand? Is that aligned with the will of the Father, the work of Jesus? Then the way comes easy after that. Right. Because now you're a good steward. It's stewardship. That's really what it is. Right. Right. That's true. The, um, the thing I was just thinking about there is the fact that if I, don't, if I don't have that purpose, if I don't have that clarity of vision or whatever, basically I'll sit around and do nothing. Yeah. Because I have, it's, the, it's that purpose, it's that thing that I know who I am. Who I am is going to drive me. I cannot do anything other than who I am. That's right. Um, that's why it says, uh, looking in the mirror, um, you know, a, a man who, what's that say there in James? Um, it says in Corinthians, it says, beholding as it were in the mirror, the glory of the Lord. But in James, it says, um, being a hearer and not just a doer is like a man that looketh into the mirror and seeth his own natural face right. uh, in the mirror and then straightway goes off and forgets what like manner of man he was. The word natural there is the word Genesis. <laughs> so wow. if, I, if I look into the mirror and I see my Genesis, I see what I was created. Yes. Yeah, my origin. Yeah. If I see who I was created to be, if I see all that, I will naturally do that. Yeah. But if I do not see that and I straightway forget that origin, if I straightway forget that, I will not be a doer of this word. Exactly. No, you can't. You, you won't because 
Yeah, you, you'll be working to try and prove it. Right, right, yeah. and try to perform it. I, and I'm not, I wasn't created to be a performer. No. I was created to be just like he is. I am that I am. You know, I, I'm I'm supposed to be, not perform. So it, there's a difference between I'm a living epistle that's known and read of all men, rather than just I'm a performer of principles. Right. And that's why I, that's why you're talking about here getting this so deep down in there that this is who I am. This is what I live. By. I mean, this is plain and simple. This is who I am. It's not just principles I live by. This is who I am. Yeah. And so you will you will be able to tell just like james says once again you'll tell what my faith is by what i do by who i am by how i operate in this world you'll tell what i believe you'll tell my principles you'll be able to see ah it might the principles i live by will will stick so loudly i won't even have to open my mouth right and that's that's what they said about jesus jesus said if you see me you've seen the father and again right you know, show us the Father. We haven't seen the Father. You know, he goes, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just like the full representation, the full reflection. That, that's, that's what it should be. I, I'm, and, and scripture that has spoken to me for many, many years also is this one. Um, Paul says this in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. He says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. And uh, I read that um, I never understood it uh, until I read uh, Watchman Nee. Watchman Nee said, he said, you know, a cow eats grass. We don't eat the grass. We eat the grass in the cow. So the cow eats the, or the, the, the beef eats the, eats the grass. The grass is tran transformed. It dies in, in a sense within the cow, within the, 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 Beast. That's why I'm not a vegetarian. I believe that the cow already did that. Yeah. I mean, it's consumed the veggies for us to eat. That's right. That's right. So, um, but, but again, principle. Here's right. the principle. The principle is we consume the word. Right. The word consumes us. We die to the word that life can come to those that read us. Right. Because that's he, the way, the truth, and the life. Once again, uh, the life begins to come yes, out. Yes. So we, but the thing is, is that we, we don't take time to discover the world. Right. We don't understand his work that Jesus did. And we definitely do not look for the way he does it. That's true. What that's we do true. is we just go, you know what? I everybody's done it this way. I'm going to do it this way. Right. I'm going to do my way. I don't care what anybody says. This is my way. I'm going to do my way. Yeah. You know, it's just and and it's not about what anybody says, but you understand what I'm saying. It's just like we're not looking for the way yeah. Jesus wants to do it. And what was it Christ said to them? He said, "In that day, I will say unto you, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because you didn't do the will of the one who sent me." I mean, you you honestly didn't do it my way you didn't do it you did you weren't doing the will of the father because you didn't do it the way i do it i mean that's plain and simple that's it so it, uh, yeah you did prophesy yeah you did heal yeah you did do all this in my name but yet depart from me you workers of iniquity lawless ones another right yeah yeah. So, yeah so in other words you were not aligned with my principles right right it's really what it is yeah because if they've seen you, they should see me, not see you. <laughs> and this same guy that I was talking about, uh, he said that I have climbed the mountain of God, and I have gathered all the revelation and all the all of the gold uh, that there was from his throne, and I've come back down the mountain, and now I'm sitting on this pile of gold, the, all of this um, revelation that he's given, 
And all these men keep passing me, going up the mountain to try to find the gold of God. And I've got it. But yet nobody will inquire of me. Yeah. Poor me. And I'm going, this is, this is not so we can see Christ. This whole thing is not about... Yeah, this whole thing is not about if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This yeah. this is about seeing you and seeing you high and lifted up and sitting on your pile of revelation. It's all about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How great I art. <laughs> so yeah, it's sad. I mean, that, that, I sat one day um, at a coffee shop with uh, a bunch of elders, and there was a a certain man that we know sitting there, and he goes. Uh, what do you think your gift is? And I said, you know what? It doesn't really bother me. You know, it's just like, uh, so he says, well, I think you're a prophet teacher. I said, it doesn't bother me. I just do what, whatever comes to me. You know, it's just like right. this, I, I quit the saints. I'm not going to worry about, because whatever gifting, whatever doma is in me is going to come out. Right. It's, it's who I am. It's, I don't it's have to prove work. it. I yeah. don't have to try and put a title to it or a name to, or label to it. It's because, Paul does one way, Paulus does another way. He, he, that's what he was saying. He says, if I'm a believe I'm a teacher, what am I going to do all the time? Yeah. I'm going to teach. Exactly. And I'm, I'm going to prophesy. Other men who teach and think I should teach just like them. Right. And, and, uh, and then, therefore, I'm going to go, I'm of Kenneth Copeland. No, I'm of, you know. Uh, Kenneth Hagen, the other uh, Kenneth. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, Kenneth Hagen. You know, it's just like, um, so now we've got the I'm of, I'm of. And it's just like. I don't want to do that. So he goes, he says, well, I don't, what we've got to understand right here at this table is I'm the one that brings the seed. I'm the one that has the revelation. I bring the revelation into the earth. Wow. To hear that again, I'm just going, holy cow. That's, and I, that's when I, I sat back in my chair and I said, this is trouble right here. Because now the whole world revolves around you. Now, was that at the beginning or toward the end? Towards the end. Really? Okay. Yeah. I know you saw some of the signs before that. Yeah. You know, well, it, it, you know right here, you know, right here, I, the, the compass began to tell me something's off, you know. Right. And so as the more we got into it, the more I said, you know, these things began to be revealed more and more, you know, it's just like, okay. and how long did that take Sean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. The, the problem is, you know, my, my problem is, and they said this to me one day, they said, your, 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 your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. And that's relationships. You yeah. stay, you stay with a relationship too far. And, and it wasn't that relationship. It was for the, the rest of them, the rest of the guys, because I knew he was deceiving everybody. And, and I was trying to stay to try and keep a balance. And I, the more I stayed, the long, more I lost it. If I had walked away right. sooner, I would, anyway, I mean, that's besides the point, but yeah. I have friends that said that we wish we would, uh, we, we did this for 20 years now or 25 years or 30 years now to think that I was wrong for 30 years. I mean, to begin to see some things and go, Oh, that can't be cause I can't be wrong for 30 years. <laughs> you know, I mean, it kind of shakes you up yeah. and uh, but to be able to once again, to go back to the principles of Christ, to go back to the way he does things. Um, he knew what was in the hearts of men. And he just chose not to give himself to that particular right. thing. And that's, exactly. that's once again, getting to that point where we're not going to give ourselves to that stuff. Yes. I don't, you know, I don't care what you're, you know, what, if you say you are the uh, second son of God, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me anymore. No, I know no, the no, principles of life. Uh, because I'm centered on something. I, right. I'm centered on, on the man the man Christ Jesus, who is the embodiment, who is the the totality of all the principles of the kingdom of God, because right. he is the king. That's right. the thing. You know, when I understood king, a kingdom, that's when it made all the difference to me, because I understand the king is actually who sets the culture of the kingdom. He's, right. it, his word is law. 
His word is what governs everything. And right. so um, I center on the king, but I've got to know his principles. I've got to right. know the principles of the kingdom to do it his way. We've got to know. We've got to know the law. And again, I'm not talking about the the uh, the law of um, right. I just looked up the the definition of principles. It, it says a fun, This is just um, uh, the Google the Google dictionary. And it says a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a way of thinking. Wow. Okay. So, and, and of course, then it goes on a general scientific theorem or law that has numerous special applications across a wide field. And I think there's applicable as well when it comes to, um, hello, you're there. You're there. The internet, your internet is a bit slow there. Uh, frozen, frozen, frozen. Oh dear. Oh well. There we go. Well, we're done. We're done anyway, I guess. Now we are done anyway. So I just wanted to end with the definition so everybody understands what we're talking about. All right. So <laughs> Yeah, so we understand. Yeah, we understand. We got it all together. Brilliant. I mean, we went now a little longer today, but uh um, people got time to listen. So uh <laughs> take time to go through this um uh, hopefully you got through the whole uh, recording with Steve and I and uh, got to the end because the end is the climax it's where you get it it's the solution so it's the definition um, of everything we just did so thanks for we we always start off with something and end up in something else but that's the life that we shared together um, and uh, in our conversation thank you for being part of our conversation Hopefully you lasted the whole way. Hopefully you're inspired to rethink some things, to refocus on some things, to build some things into your walk with Christ, into your spiritual walk. Now's a good time to do it. Now's a good time to build into your life. You are really isolated from everything. You're in a monastery of your home. You can take the time to focus. I want to suggest today's Friday. Hey, have a weekend off. Go to the other side of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> take a weekend trip <laughs> vacation holiday go, go on a holiday um to the loungerette or maybe the bedroomette or or the uh, cruise dollar bathroom <laughs> yeah bathroom anyway yeah. Uh, i'm joking um so yes you've got time now you just separated from everything and take time to go through some of these things meditate on it look at some of these scriptures that steve and i spoke about um, just a brilliant session this morning. A really a brilliant session, conversation. Really, <laughs> really enjoyed it this morning. I, I'm, I feel like I'm all fired up. I feel all flustered. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm so fired up. No, it's really, really great. I mean, obviously, this is one of my pet topics. So it's yes. just like, it really gets my goat going. And, um, and uh, <laughs> Steve, love and appreciate you so much. <laughs> Uh, it's really good. Uh, thank you for your time again. And hey, God bless you guys. Be safe and um, re, uh, refresh, re, re inspire, reignite, recover, rediscover your walk with Christ in a That's deep right. dimension. We can always go deeper. All right. So, love and appreciate you. Thanks for being with us. This is Steve and Sean, or Sean and Steve. Bye. <laughs> Bye, ciao.